This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. Cryptid Zoo is a t-shirt line uniquely infused with augmented reality and inspired by cryptozoology figures like Bigfoot. It is designed by artist and owner Julian Meyer, and check out the amazing unique shirt designs at cryptidzoo.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you will get 25% off your shirts. Again, that's www.cryptidzoo.com. If you're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics Town And welcome, you are listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 108, covering the new comic books that we read that came out on Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, May 24th. And this particular podcast has been hand-sculpted from clay by Queen Hippolyta herself. I am your host, Chris Latore. Joining me, of course, is my trusty crime-fighting sidekick, Justin's I am Jables Latore. How you doing, Jables? Can you say that we are Wonder Woman? That's correct. I mean, you can be Wonder Woman. Can I be Batman? No. I'm Batman now. Sorry, I just called it. No. Sorry, we are Wonder Woman. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast, where we recommend to you an amazing list of fresh new comic books to read that come out every single week. Never miss an issue of the Sunspots Comics Podcast. All you got to do is just hit subscribe and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and Xbox Live at Sunspots Comics. Also, check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Lat. So, thank you for joining us here, and what we're all about is, if you want to hear some folks talk about new comic books and how much they love them, then this podcast is here, definitely for you. Or if you're just trying to jump into comics, you want to know what to read, you walk into these comic book shops and you're a little overwhelmed by the 42,318 comics you can read, and maybe you just want a recommendation of somewhere to jump in, well then that's what this here Sunspots Comics Podcast is for. Or maybe you've been reading since the dawn of the sun, and you just want to know what the best comics are so you can save some time, save some cash, well then this here Sunspots Comics Podcast is definitely for you. And please tell a friend, right Justin? Yeah, um, let us know, you know, what you guys like. We'll do a little shout as I said last week. Um, <laughs> hashtag shout Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> leave us a review on iTunes. Um, you know, download every podcast. You know, we're fun. We like you guys. Yes, and if you know someone that's a nerd and they love this kind of stuff, just let them know. A couple of quick thank yous, of course, to Nick Papa George for making our amazing Sunspots Comics theme song. Please follow him on Facebook.com slash Nicholas Dell Music. Also, thank you to my son, Justin Jables Latori for making our blog. Check it out at blog.sunspotscomics.com and follow you where? At Just Sunspots. J-U-S-T Sunspots. On the instant of the gram? Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, Instagram and Twitter. What's coming up next in the blogosphere? I'm actually writing the um, the Guardians of the Galaxy one right now. Uh, I do want to go see it twice before I 
finish it. Uh, and then I'm going to write the Alien Covenant one, which uh, we saw, you know, last week. Excellent. So thank you. Please check it out again at blog.sunspotscomics.com. Thank you for doing that, Jables. And it is now free comic book time. Yes, get ready. Jam your earbuds further into your ears. No, don't do that. That's bad. You might need surgery or something. But I'm giving away a free comic book. It's a digital comic book of Silver Surfer, issue number five, written by Dan Slott, art by Michael Allred and his wife, Laura Allred, the Allred family. It's nominated for four Eisners, including Best Continuing Series. Mr. Norrin Rad and Dawn are out on this galactic space date, but they are not alone. A mysterious figure follows. So be the first one to grab this code. Go to marvel.com slash redeem, and you will win this free comic book. It is Silver Surfer issue number five, just as a freebie to you for saying thank you for listening to our podcast. So here is the code. Listen in. F is in Frank, C is in Charlie, M is in Mary, three. H is in Henry, S is in Sam, E is in Edward, V is in Victor, four. K is in Kangaroo, E is in Edward, Q as in Queen. Read it to him, Jables. F C M three H S E V four K E Q. Boom. So please come and get it. It's first come, first serve. Whoever wins it, please just let us know. Hit us up on at Sunspots Comics or Chris or Justin at Sunspots Comics on our email just to let us know you want it so people aren't continually trying to plug the code in. And we can give you a little what, Jables? What's the word? Shout a Rooney. Um, yeah, we'll shout you guys out, you know. Also, it's just easier so that people don't keep trying the code. Um, so they know that somebody won, they don't have to go and try it. So, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll shout you guys out. Shout a Rooney. Hashtag shout a Rooney. That's right. <laughs> and don't forget to, of course, follow us on the Instagram at Sunspots Comics because I'll be giving more free comic book codes away there. All you got to do is just follow us and... You can be the first to grab it. Go to marvel.com slash redeem and win that comic book. So there you go. There's a little freebie just as a thank you from me. So now let's start out the Sunspots Comics Podcast issue number 108 with some stuff floating around in our nerd brains. The first thing, of course, is Wonder Woman's coming out June 2nd. I've already got my IMAX 3D tickets to see it Thursday at 7 o'clock June 1st. Justin, do you have your tickets yet? No, man. I got to go buy them. Um, Get on it. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably do it today, actually. You know, just thinking of where are you seeing it? I'm seeing it in Ontario in the IMAX 3D, and I can't absolutely wait. I know there's a free pin that they're giving out, and like those also those little IMAX posters. So I want to get there early. I love that it's reserved seats; I don't have to worry about it. But I'm hoping to get the free pin. I know it's gold. It says like WW. It's really nice. It's online. You can see it at RegalCinemas.com. But I can't wait, and I can't wait to see it in IMAX 3D. So go get your tickets. Go out there and see it. Do your part. See Wonder Woman the trailer. I heard is amazing. I haven't looked at it. <laughs> But uh, I am so super excited. Wonder Woman's finally getting her own movie. The the embargo was lifted as far as social media reviews too. So like, a lot of a lot of uh, critics and stuff that I follow have been doing their little short mini reactions to the movie, and it's all been positive so far. Um, I I I, I haven't checked the Rotten Tomato score yet, but um, don't, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty it. sure that's gonna be coming out pretty soon, probably around the release. So be on the lookout for that. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be really good. So. You know, keep your eyes open, you know, enjoy the movie. Keep them open. But yeah, it's nice that DC seems like they're going in a better direction. Good for them. 
Although I don't, uh, I'm, I don't agree with some of the very harsh critic reviews of the past of Suicide Squad and, and Batman vs Superman. But anyway, super excited about Wonder Woman coming out next week. So go get your tickets and go see it. We'll be reviewing it, discussing it. I'm sure on the next podcast. So another nugget of nerd in our nerd lobes is, of course, this is the media's part of stuff that's in our nerd lobes is comic book and movie TV news. So Justin, why don't you start us out? What do you have first in the realm of comic book movie and TV news? Well, first, uh, I'd like to offer my condolences to Zack Snyder and his family. Um, recently, Zack Snyder actually left the production of Justice League um, because he would wanted to be with his family in a time of need, whereas his, his daughter passed away. And, um, yeah, that was, a, it, that was a heavy bummer. Yeah, heavy, heavy bummer. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, he's in my opinion, he's doing the right thing by leaving production. You know, he's being there for his family, he realized what was sort of where he needed to be instead of at work, you know, so, um, I offer my condolences, you know, if, you know, it's a tragedy, I'm sorry, you know, and stuff, uh, but, you know, on a little bit more positive note, you know, Joss Whedon is stepping in to finish the, the post-production, and, um, yeah, he's finishing post-production, and he's actually directing the reshoots that they're doing, um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit brighter news, you know, uh, they're in good hands. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, Avengers director, you know, record breaking. He, he kind of knows what he's doing. Yeah, so Joss Whedon's stepping in to do the post production and stuff. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to that movie. Um, up next is uh me and my dad here. Uh, we talked about it. I don't know two podcasts ago, two weeks ago, about Batman and Bill, which is the the story about Bill Finger and his, you know, hidden, um. You know his hidden contribution to the creation of Batman and uh, yeah, everything Batman of the name of Gotham City of, yeah. of Robin of the Joker creation of Joker creation of yeah every Two Face he he did most of the Batman lore and nobody knew about it Bill, Bob Kane took all the the credit so um, they definitely kind of villainized him right Bob Kane in this series yeah I mean in a way they they sort of made him like a conniving businessman right, a, a you mustache know? twirling dastardly villain <laughs> who right? draws you know superheroes <laughs> um, so um yeah it, it was a really interesting uh really interesting documentary i loved it you you sort of learn later on what happened afterward to, to bill finger and after his death and his descendants and his like sort of like you know his life has been hidden to most of the world because they didn't want him, anybody to know that he was Pretty much the creator. Um, what do you think? Amazing. Uh, five out of five. I, I was really shocked and surprised at how well done this documentary was, right? I mean, the filming of it, the beautiful look, the finished polish of it. But also, I mean, just what the the one author uncovered, right? That all the work that he had done to uncover all this information and really show Bob Kane as this dastardly villain and how Bob Finger was really a soft-spoken, or Bill Finger, was a soft-spoken individual, right? A creator, a unique artist, but didn't have just the gumption, right, then? I mean, it was after the Great Depression. The guy just wanted to work, but he didn't sort of stand up for himself and fight for the rights because no one had done that at this point, and he was really just trying to put food on the table and survive after the after depression so you got to see this it's well done what was the author's name that created the book that this is basically created upon i thought it was super super interesting what was his um, name do you remember i think it was don, don Arga. he was the director wasn't he yeah that's the director but there was the author of the book that really sort of inspired it it was also by the way on hulu which you can see it as where the documentary is you can see it on hulu but the there was a writer that wrote this book i want to say it was it was like 
maybe called Batman and Bill, right? I think it, yeah. And um, he wrote a book that it was based on, but he was the ultimate fighter for freedom here. He was the hero of this story. Uh, the, there it is. It's uh, uh, the secret co-creator of by Batman, right? Isn't this this guy? Mark yeah. Tyler Nobleman. Yeah. He was the one that ultimately fought for Bill Finger. And, and he was outside of this because he was not related in any way to take any sort of credit or any money involved here. So he really was the single sort of fighting freedom fighter in this story and that's it was truly inspiring so go see batman and bill it's on hulu and it is worth it if you got to pay to rent it i'm sure it's on itunes as well but go see batman and bill the documentary right beautiful yeah it was great uh it also sort of dove into like the other ghostwriter stories i'm sure stan lee has some ghostwriter stories that he doesn't want coming out of the closet <laughs> oh, yeah. um so yeah i mean it, it was interesting and i'm kind of glad that this was brought to light you know because you, you don't want to you know, you know, short somebody their credit, especially in such a their legacy, even yeah, in su- in such a world that you know requires that credit for future. You know, it's a resume. You know, that, imagine if he had that on his resume, he would have been f- infinitely famous. Right. So, you know, credit, sad credit where credit, credit where credit is due. Exactly, it's a sad story, but I'm I'm glad it's sort of coming to fruition from now. But yeah. All right, fantastic. Well, what do you have next? I got one in the uh, in the pipe here, but all right, I'll load mine up. Uh, Ant Man has actually created an animated short that's coming to uh, shorts that are coming to the Disney XD channel very very soon. I'm loving it. It looks like it's going to be released, premiered on June 10th. So coming up on Disney XD very soon is this brand new series from Ant-Man, these animated shorts. From what I understand, they're going to be about 15 minutes each, so they're not super duper long. It's just like these sort of fun, action-packed, little humorous, little mini animated, little teeny features that I cannot wait to see. I'm glad that Disney XD is doing this because it also is is kind of the gateway, right? Leading us towards Ant-Man and Wasp. Which I think is 2019, from what I remember hearing. Like summer of 2019. It's going to be the early release in May of 2019 to kind of kick off the summer that year. But I'm totally, I can't I can't wait. I'm excited. Uh, there's a lot of cartoons and stuff that have been on my brain lately. Like Sam uh, Samurai Jack finished their ep- season five. The series is over. Uh, and Voltron and Netflix has been fantastic. But I'm super excited about Marvel's Ant-Man. You going to watch this, Jables? Yeah, man. Um... The, the the little thumbnail pictures, you know, the, the pictures that they posted, you know, in this article that we found, um, they're really comic booky. Like the backgrounds even have that like dotting that you would see in like like an old style Marvel book, you know, from the printer where it would just do little dots. Yeah. Um, it looks good, man. I mean, I uh, I like the animation style. I love Ant Man. I wonder if they'll have a a Paul Rudd impersonator, you know, oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Cause you know, they, they won't get Paul Rudd cause they never do for these like animated shows. They didn't do it for guardians. Um, stuff like that. So, um, I wonder if they'll have somebody imitate his voice, which would be kind of funny. I believe this is your shield captain America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm not a big animated, um, superhero TV fan because it's never lived up to me as far as the movies, because the movies are just priceless to me. Um, so I mean, yeah, I'll, ch- I'll check it out. I checked out the Guardians uh, cartoon. It was good. Um, so yeah, I mean, moving on, moving on. Uh, oh wait, but there's this article. I'm going to share this on all the social media, of course. It's from Inverse.com, and it actually is this professor. His name is Dr. Spiros Mikalakis. He's a quantum physicist and staff researcher at the California Institute of Technology. He was actually a consultant on the Ant-Man movie. 
And he did like this thesis, like a very detailed thesis of how he believes that Ant-Man could destroy Superman based on quantum physics. Well, well, yeah, think about it. You know, he shrinks down into Superman's molecules, you know, (laughs) like like the end of the movie in Ant-Man, you know, he just shrinks down. He's a man of steel. He's shrunk into titanium, bitch. You know, know, I just thought of he could shrink a piece of Kryptonian rock and infuse it into his DNA. Game over, right? (laughs) But he even talks about how that, uh, by the way, they they can't call it the microverse. I know that that's originally what the comic book calls when he goes Uh, subatomic. They call it the microverse, but for some sort of contract problems. Yeah, they couldn't call it that. But um, if he were to go down into that microverse like this, he talks about how he could actually alter gravity. And that could just crush Superman, like, game over he there. could implode him. He could, like, just completely implode Superman, like like they did with the, the yellow jacket, where he basically just, like, caved in on himself and yeah. shrunk to death. <laughs> they said he would be able to combine, like, the altering of gravity and create a black hole to where he would smash him and then, <laughs> and then vanish him out into a black hole. So I just, there's a lot more in this. It's a great meaty article, but it's a ton of fun if you're into science and you're into comic books and you love Ant-Man and Superman, especially when they sort of team up versus. I love when they, when there's ever, there's actual articles done versus. You should check out the, uh, there's a YouTube channel called Bat in the Sun. Yeah. Um, and they're not, they're not sponsoring us or anything. So this is a true shout out because it's awesome. Uh, Bat in the Sun, uh, they do these like superhero beatdowns. This would be a cool one. Ant-Man versus Superman. I mean, right. it might be a little one-sided in the beginning and then, you know, whatever. But, um, uh, yeah, so check that out. Bat in the Sun, Superhero Beatdown. But, um, uh, yeah, do you have anything else to say about it? No. Check out, uh, I'll, I'll share this, but it's from Inverse.com. But very cool, like I said, this quantum physicist has taken some time to uh, do a versus matchup from Ant-Man versus Superman. So very, very cool. So what else you got? What's next? Uh, the next one I had was actually, uh, you're not going to like it. Uh-oh. Was uh, <laughs> the, the Spider-Man, the last final, well, I mean, there's probably going to be TV, TV spots, but um, the final full-length trailer for Spider-Man Homecoming has come out. Well, don't spoil it, but tell us, please, your thoughts of it, <laughs> and it's only coming out in July, so we're like right around the corner from it, but what did you think of the final Homecoming Spider-Man trailer? Well, dude, I, I, I'm not going to lie, man. Like I was watching this trailer, and I shed like a single nerdy man tear like just down <laughs> my cheek. Um, it might have also been because it was early and I was watching it at like <laughs> seven in the morning on my way to school. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it caused me to shed a nerd man tear. Um, was it super long? It was a longer trailer. <laughs> yeah, it no, was. I meant your tear. I'm oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, it was like a two minute, two and a half minute trailer. It was, it was pretty long. Um, a lot of story aspects in this one. You get to see, um, uh, Childish Gambino. You get to see, I forget his name right now. Um. Uh, dang. Don't tell us what you're Child- Well, anyway, yeah. Childish Gambino. Um, Donald Glover. Yeah, you get to see his character. We don't really know who he's playing. He was, you know, he's always been rumored as Spider-Man and stuff like that. He's the Miles Morales voice in the, the uh, one of the cartoons. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I, I cannot wait for this. This is probably my most anticipated movie for the summer. Um, you know, Guardians was, was up there, too, and, and, and you know, that, that's gone to past. So... I am extremely pumped for Spider-Man. I think that's the one I'm going to lose my mind over. Um, I I can't wait. There's some stuff with like the suit that they've revealed that is just so awesome to see. Um, and I, I've always thought like, you know, that aspect, especially when Civil War, the comic was, was around in the Iron Spider suit. And you, I remember you reading me a lot of that stuff um, was just freaking awesome. So it's kind of alluding to that. It's really awesome. 
Um, there's even like a little, they did like a, it, it wasn't a trailer. It was sort of a promo for the NBA playoffs where like Tony Stark like sends a text out to like all his buddies and, and to Peter Parker in the Spider-Man suit gets one. And he's like, oh my God, like I'm going to go see the NBA finals with Tony Stark. Like it was so cool. Um, I can't wait for this movie to come out. Like personally, Spider-Man is my favorite character. So I am losing my shit already <laughs> um, for this movie. So yeah, I'm look. I'm looking forward to it. it comes out on July. Grandma's birthday. July comes out on Grandma's birthday, July seventh. Seven. Happy seven, pre-birthday, seven, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, um, check out the trailer if 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 you are willing. Um, unlike you know my dad over here. Uh, but it, it was a, it was a good trailer. Uh, like I said, it, you know, affected me a little bit emotionally because I love Spider-Man so much and stuff like that. So. Uh, yeah, that's enough of the trailer talk, because my dad could see my dad's, like, glaring at me yeah. from the side of my eye. Uh, but yeah. Hashtag, uh, nerd tears. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually spinning right into it, the web we weave, into the next article is, uh, that the Spider-Man spinoff movie, Silver Sable and Black Cat, which is one in the same, uh, movie, uh, I guess it's going to be called, uh, Black and Silver, potentially, I don't know if that's a finished title, has actually landed its director. So they don't have anyone cast yet, but this is the second spinoff movie because Venom will be the first, starring Tom Hardy, and this will be the second spinoff movie of the Sony franchised Spider-Man world, the Spider-Verse, if you will. With Venom and all that stuff. Yes, and this uh, this director, Gina Prince-Bythewood, who is now helmed, She's known for basically kind of indie stuff. Like she did Love and Basketball and this movie called Beyond the Lights. She also directed the pilot for the new Marvel TV series Cloak and Dagger. But then she bounced, right? They, I guess when you have sort of a director of her caliber, they'll sometimes just do the initial and then they bounce out of that series. So she's not going to be helming it. But I think she's a good director. I watched this little video on her and I'm, I'm just showed a little sort of background, little clipses of clips of her indie movie work that she's done. And I'm ready. I think she's a great pick. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, going back to Cloak and Dagger and stuff, you, you mentioned, you know, one and done or like she did the pilot and whatnot. It's sort of like, it's sort of how it is with TV. You know, they have the uh, one of the main producers and stuff or like one of the the helming writers and stuff like that they'll direct you know whatever or, or they'll bring in a director and they'll have them direct like the initial one so it's sort of like Sam Raimi with uh Ash vs Evil Dead or Kevin Smith with The Flash and Supergirl they'll bring them in and they'll have them direct, sort of to put their name on it you know essentially and they, and they help with story aspects and stuff like that to kind of start them off right, right? yeah in and the right um, and, and, and yeah, so I mean, I, I, I don't know too much about Silver Sable, but I do know um, about Black Cat. And I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to bash it, but like a universe with Spider-Man characters without Spider-Man, like, I don't know how that's going to work, you know, uh, especially the Venom movie that's coming out. Is he the Spider-Man of that? Uh, who knows what they're going to do? Um, cameos. I hope there's. I, I hope mean, there's cameos. Uh, I've heard a theory out there that you know this is like in the future, you know, when Spider-Man is older, when Tom Holland is older, this is what happens. Like ten years after Civil War or something like that. Um, and that's just a theory. Who knows? Because especially going back to Venom, you can't have Venom without Spider-Man. You know, it's it's a their origins are tied together. So who knows what they're gonna do and what they're they're planning on this? You know. Spider-Man-less universe? I, I, who knows? But, um, I, I mean, yeah, good, good. They get a female director, you know. Patty Jenkins with Wonder Woman. Uh, I've watched some interviews with her, and, like, it's really, you know, it's really, 
I don't know, heartwarming, inspiring, yeah, mm-hmm. to see that they're they're opening up the world of big blockbuster comic book movies to the female directors, and I I, I completely support it. Um, but yeah, I mean, what else is inspiring too is this is the first time you have two female leads in a comic book movie. Yeah, we've never had that, so I think that this director Gina Prince Brightwood Bythewood is uh, going to have her hands full here when she gets this movie cast because I think she want, she'll want she probably want to share screen time and, and share sort of origins and importance and make them both feel like they're you know together in this and that one isn't the number two. You know, they're yeah. both number one. So very inspiring, very cool. I, I can't wait. Uh, this is a looking at like potentially the film is, is maybe set to shoot shortly. I guess they're going to, to try to meet an October 2018 release date, which sounds really soon. I was Man, like, I was surprised by that, that's, but that's just their initial mark. I'm sure it could be adjusted. So, move on from there. Yeah. What, um, what do you got next? I got, I got, I got one little piece of. Uh, I guess it's fun. It's not. I mean, I wouldn't really say it's comic book news. It sort of is, but it's, I just wanted to, you know, elaborate on the the Universal Monsters universe, the Dark Universe. And like I'm kind of excited about yeah it's it's all it's all from Universal they're sort of stealing the MCU you know yeah they're sort of yeah they're sort of stealing their 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 method Um, but it looks good it starts with the Mummy with Tom Cruise and Sofia Batella and then then, I mean I don't know what's next per se but they do have Johnny Depp cast as the Invisible Man very cool Um, they have um, Javier Bardem cast as the uh, the Frankenstein's monster. Which wasn't I think he the, is a good wasn't one. he the guy that's uh, in the upcoming Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not a real big fan of that series, but yes. Um, <laughs> sorry. But yeah, and then you have um, Russell Crowe as Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Oh, I didn't hear that one. That's yeah, awesome. He's in he's in the Mummy like trailer, but you don't watch trailers, so. Um, and then I think Sofia Batella is the Mummy, but she's sort of the bad guy. I don't know what they're gonna do with that because in the last trailer of the Mummy. You kind of get Tom Cruise has like some superpowers, like yeah. I mean, but is he cursed? Is the mum? Is he the mummy? Who knows? What you know? But um, yeah. I mean, I'm sort of excited about. It. They had this like sort of pre-release trailer with you know from the old movies, from the old classic movies with like you know they had a creature from the Black Lagoon. They had the um, Wolfman and like all these. Like, they like pieced this like whole sort of like old style trailer together with like all the old style you know mary shelley frankenstein and all that stuff it was awesome it looked so cool and and like um just got me pumped for it you know and i mean it's sort of they're comic book izing marvel or um you know universal monsters so i I thought it was sort of appropriate to bring it up you know yeah i I like the world building they're doing and also actually uh Talking about monsters uh, leads us to one of our on our countdown here uh, related to Frankenstein. So it's uh, you know it's within that realm, but I'm super excited about it too. I think that, that they should steal the Marvel universe style of you know building uh, and having them connected and having them cameoed and lead into other movies so that it really builds this complete universe. Wouldn't it be cool too if like Universal Studios here in California ties all that in somehow and <laughs> and brings it all together? So. That's super exciting. I'm, I'm way excited about it. And next thing on our nerd brain is that there was a passing of a comic book icon, prolific Marvel and DC comic book artist, Rich Buckler. He passed away at 68 from cancer. F cancer. Hashtag F cancer. 
And he's most famous of, or, or sort of known for creating Deathlock in the Marvel Universe, but he also did uh, art on the Fantastic Four for a long period of time. Uh, his art is beautiful and glorious, so our thoughts and prayers and, and everything, condolences go out to his family and friends and, of course, fans of Rich Buckler worldwide. But uh, sad to hear that he's passing, and I wonder if they're going to do anything uh, with the Deathlock series in the near future. But he's kind of in that Deathstroke uh, sort of family of characters. But he's a little bit different. But check out Deathlock. But sad to hear that Rich Buckler passed. Just looking at one of the covers um, of the, the uh, like the Avengers he did. Um, real interesting. Like I, I love the. Uh, I've always loved the the style of like the old how they like had the character in the top left like the starring role of the character um, underneath the issue number and stuff like that. It was uh he, he was talented man. It, sad to see. Um, you know, just going back to that, like I would love to get like one of those little, those little character pieces, like with the number and stuff, Ooh. like tattooed. You know, oh, like have like my favorite Spider-Man issue or something from back in the day, and like issue, you know, three hundred and whatever, with like a little Spider-Man underneath, it, like the twenty cent. That'd be cool. I'd have, I'd like to see that. They all, a lot of them have their arms crossed. I don't know yeah. they, they all have they're their. Always... They're standing in the corner with their arms crossed. I remember Spider-Man that way. I remember <laughs> like uh, the Hulk was in this stance, right, with his hands out. Uh, but yeah, I love that iconic look of of Marvel in in the sixties, how they did that. But sad to hear about Mister Rich. His uh, he was he's well known, Mr. Buckler, in in the in the Marvel world and DC world for doing some beautiful art. So thank you, and again our condolences to his family and ever all the loved ones and friends of Rich Buckler. Sorry to hear his passing. And the last thing on my nerd brain is, of course, I'm writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. I'm doing the writing, the coloring, the lettering. My friend Jordan Hudson is doing his beautiful art. Please check out his Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art his art is beautiful thank you Jordan for doing it and you can see a little glimpse of my comic book on zombiedestroyers.com go there and check it out I put four pages there you can see little sample pages of it no words or anything it's just black and white but go and check out zombie destroyers from time to time and a little zombie destroyers update uh, Jordan's still finishing up 21 on page 21 and then he's going into the two page splash which he's begun now actually penciling on page 22 and 23 we hope to have issue number one done at around page 30 32 and have it available by maybe late summer so there you go so please check out my comic book that i'm creating i'm so proud of it so happy to be chasing my dreams again on zombiedestroyers.com and a quick mention of a segment we definitely have people lined up thank you again for everyone that's waiting to be interviewed and to be on a future podcast we have a segment called spotlighting i actually just want to sort of mention it that if you know someone that's an independent comic book creator or it's you yourself and you're really just trying to get your work out there or maybe you're you're already in comics and you're doing it you just want to sort of spread the word of your work then just hit us up here at sunspots comics just send me an email doesn't matter if you're a writer an artist color letterer you're just in comics and you're doing it or you're trying to get into it email us at either chris at sunspotscomics.com or justin at sunspotscomics.com we'd love to read your work and check it out and then have you on a future podcast and interview you right here so we've got four or five lined up uh, so we will get to you. I know we're also working on your schedules, etc. But thank you for sort of waiting in the wings. We're going to get to those very, very soon. So now on to our favorite part, Jables, of the Sunspots Comics podcast, which is our comic book reviews and recommendations where we pick our favorite comic books for New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, May 24th. And of course, um, we are going to, it's a semi-spoilerish, you know, podcast so we don't spoil the last like two or three pages um we are going to be talking about some main story points so if you haven't read any of these comics you know you're warned <laughs> um so spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert ish um 
Uh, and if you want to see everything that we're reading, you can go to uh, sunspotscomics.com. We have all our picks since like May of 2015. Your picks. Um, and yeah, the, right now we just updated it. He's we're, we're both reading 148 titles Woo! that we buy every week. Um, holy crap. Um, so yeah, also click on the top of the comic books of the week to see all our past top picks. Um, we just updated and compacted sunspotscomics.com. So we're super proud of it. Uh, please check it out, you know. Um, so this week's art winner, starting it off, uh, is Black Hammer number nine by David Rubin, by Dark Horse, uh, also, um, Ether, he's, yes. he's doing Ether, um, by Dark Horse, so yeah, at David Rubin on Twitter, so let's talk about Black Hammer. Oh my goodness, look at this glorious cover, first off, it is just wacky and weird science going on, there's like all these robot arms sort of surrounding the top part of the panel, and you've got our, our I think his name is Colonel Weird, in the center here with like one of those awesome 60s ray guns, yeah. right? And he's talking to some communicator, he's got an awesome rocket in the back, he's on a weird planet, it just tells a story right right from the actual cover that just hooks you in it's got weird orange and green and blue coloring on it yeah. and it even has that sort of ode to the golden age to the 60s of comics with this sort of look inside witness the terrific origin of talkie walkie and like a sort of headshot down on the bottom right which leads you right into the comics so beautifully but i love the coloring i love that it tells a story all within itself it's kind of buzz lightyear-ish with the glass bubble on his head and that's that you know flash gordon kind of feel to it with his ray gun but what did you think of this look at how the framework of the sun behind him this was very um buck rogers um yeah so it, it reminded me of like the serialized like what you would hear on like a radio station back in the day like this is like the poster they would like give out you know to that radio station but um it was interesting uh i loved like you know especially like the colors used in it is very bright for like what the story was and what you're because Black Hammer's kind of kind of dark sometimes. Um, yeah. So this was uh this was was I would say just like a beautiful like off sort of off topic, you know, from what I, I I'm used to in Black Hammer. Um, yeah, I mean, just just super classic, you know, super flashbacky to to old style comics and old style serials, you know. Um, I loved it. It was, it was super bright and super super awesome. Um, I, th- I think he was also our art winner, wasn't he? Yes, he was both. Uh, so David Rubin on art winner and also cover art, just glorious, beautiful. What we basically said will lead us into the comics, so we don't want to go into there, but you have to see it. He also has like a watercoloring style, which is gorgeous yes. from top to bottom, but it's, it's so otherworldly and so sort of an homage to Golden Age and Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon and so many things, but it's just iconic and Buzz Lightyear comes right into my head and beautiful and the coloring is just gorgeous. And uh, please follow David Rubin on Twitter at David Rubin. You managed to grab that. He's from Spain. And I hope to have him on a future podcast uh, because his art is just glorious and beautiful and really makes our eyeballs happy. So uh, we're coming after you, David Rubin. (laughs) We're stalking you, social media stalking you to maybe get you on a future podcast. But I love your art. I love Ether so much. Can't wait for that to return. It's sort of on an arc end and waiting for a new arc to start. But uh, David Rubin art, glorious. Dark Horse issue number nine of Black Hammer is easily the cover and art winner 
hands down. And the breakdown, we actually got 20 comics this week and seven of them made it to the Great Ones recommendation list, which is not that 50% that we're trying to get to all the time. Of the new number ones, there's, we always like to announce what uh, new number ones we had. There was only two of the 20. There were two number ones and only one of those number ones made it to the Great Ones list, which is good. It's that 50%. So on to the top comic book recommendations. This is our great one list of comic books for New Comic Book Day, May 24th. We consider these the comic books that are the greatest of the greats this week. So only the great ones make it to the Sunspots Comics recommendation list. So on to the countdown. Let's break it down. What is in our top seven? Start us out, Jables, at number seven. Well, first off, I would like to uh, give an honorable mention to X-Men Blue. Oh, sure. Yeah, um... I've been reading it. Uh, I sort of convinced you to read it. You were, you've been sort of off and on with X-Men and a lot of Marvel titles. But I jumped on, um, and I love that series. It's great. Um, X-Men Blue is sort of like a return to form, essentially, to like what X-Men was back when X-Men was first created um, in like the 60s and stuff. Um, it has the original team, you know, and it's got Cyclops, Jean Grey, Beast, Iceman, and uh, Angel. So I, I love the book. This this one didn't quite make the list for us. Um, it was in my, I, I mean, I, I still liked it, but it was still like out of the all four, because this is issue number four, it was probably one of the, the, the lower end issues. I agree. Um, but still love the series. I'm going to keep reading it. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to mention that. So coming up at number seven. No, wait. But yes, good pick. I'm glad you picked that one. It was off the radar for me, off the list, and I'm really happy you recommended it to me. I loved it. You're right about four being the weakest, but it's very much in the all-new X-Men line of them going back in time and taking the original X-Men back to our current Earth 616, if you will. And I am super enjoying it. Great art, good writing. It's just fun. It is back to basics. Yeah. For the X-Men, not confusing. You don't have to sort of worry about any continuity. You can jump right into X-Men Blue and really enjoy it. So I'm glad you, you picked it and you made it this honorable mention before we start the countdown. Yeah. It's sort of like, when you read it, it's sort of like a teenage romp. You know, like they're, they're, all, they're all teenagers again, you know. So it's kind of like fun to see that. You know, like the camaraderie is still there. Um, they're working for Magneto, which is like, what? You know, like, like what the hell? Uh, yeah, what? Um so, yeah, I mean, I, I love the book, um, but, uh, you know, sad you know, it didn't make the list this week. But uh, Hopefully five will. Yeah, hopefully five. I mean, this, this issue opened up to a broader story because the, the first three issues were sort of narrow and they were just doing missions, stuff like that. This one sort of opened it up to a, a longer form, uh, maybe like, you know, arc. But um, coming in at number seven is Rebels. These free and independent states, number three. Um, from Dark Horse Comics, uh, written by Brian Wood and uh, art by Andrea Moody. Matai? Muti? Um, I think it's Italian. But uh, this was a very, like, I would say history lesson um, comic book. Um, I'm not too big of a fan of this just yet, uh, just because it feels like it is sort of, sort of dragon for me. Uh, but that is Brian Wood's style. He is very long-form storytelling. Um, but it was uh, it, this is essentially about um, John Abbott, who is a fictional character, I think, who is uh, a creator of these like naval ships. Um, so he he is sort of this sort of like savant, right? Because he's sort of not all there. 
right? He's like a super fanboy of ships. Yeah. But he's like amazing consultant to sort of arm them, right? For this yeah. battle against the French. So, yeah, I mean, it, this was beautifully, beautiful art. Um, just amazing. The, the, the Navy, the naval parts where it's like, you see the boats on the water, just beautiful. Um, George Washington is in this. This is before, um, this is pre- what would he call it? Pre-revolutionary war, yeah. yeah. Pre-revolutionary war. So George Washington's working for the British right now, you know. So it is, uh, like I said, it's a history lesson, man. It's just, this ta- this definitely takes place in a real-world setting. Um, I mean, I-, I I enjoyed it, but again, like I said, it it is moving a little slow for me, slow. and it needs to be- it needs to pick it up just a little bit. And it seems like after this issue. It's gonna it's gonna pick up. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm sort of happy about that. I think you're right. The uh the the stage is set after this, right? For Mr. Abbott, he's he's being dispatched to like uh, Nassau to sort of retrofit some ships so that they're ready for war against the French, and it's it's very much a tale of the time period. I mean, if he Brian Wood has this writing style and feel where it's a, a like a book of prose, right? Like it's a novel sort of expanded out, which gives it that slow sort of feel and burn, but. You're, you're, you're getting actual historical events, you know, weaved in with this fictional character. And I just, I, I love, the, it gives me this sort of patriotic feel. It's definitely my patriotic pick of the yeah. week. And it just gives me this like, wow, these are the founding fathers and, and how they formed America it was a big mess. And it was a, just a lot of crazy things that were going on and, and how races were treated and everything. But it's just how it, how it all finds its way to the greatest country in the world, in my opinion, America. Um, but, you know, it's not perfect. and We've got our problems. We've got our issues. But it's so so neat to see the, the, uh, the, the nuts and bolts of how America was formed here mixed in with this, you know, fictional character, John Abbott, who is the super fan of ships. But a glorious art by Andrea Moody. And if you want something a little different, right, you don't see comics that are like this. It's very unique. Brian has been doing this Rebel series for a while now, and I'm totally enjoying it because of just, again, that historical, real, factual sort of data there mixed in with this this fact, fictional story of John Abbott. I love it, and hang in there, Justin, because that's Brian Wood style. He'll get better. Yeah, I think that's why I'm, I'm sort of still reading it, you know, because for me, like, the three-issue run, you know, like, the three-issue trial is sort of where, like, I'm like, okay, like, if I'm not liking it yet, like, it's time to go. But, um... I mean, I like it enough to keep going, and I know Brian Wood will not disappoint me moving on. So, um, but yeah, and from now on, since you like to throw me under the bus with names, I'm just going to roll with it. Like, I'm sorry if I pronounce your name wrong and stuff, but I'm just going to roll with it. So, coming in at number six. Yes, from Marvel Comics, this is all new Guardians of the Galaxy issue number two. This is from. Writer Jerry Duggan and artist Aaron Cooter. And, of course, color artist, I have to mention, is uh, Eve Sforcina. Sorry. We already, he already, Justin already said sorry for it. I threw him under the bus this time. So, um, But this was, uh, this was my favorite book this week. This is my number one. Um, just, I, I think it just hit that sweet spot because Guardians is on my mind. Um, I, I love the, the new sort of depictions of them. They all look sort of different except for Rocket maybe. Um, Groot looks completely different. He's baby Groot right now, which in a way is kind of like, oh, like just have him be grown up again. Um, but I, I don't mind. So in this one, they're going to, they're going to raid the collector's collection. They're working for the, um, what was what his name? The, um, he's in freaking Thor Ragnarok now. Uh, I forget his name. The uh, the, no, no, no. The collect, not the collector. Um, I forget the grandmaster. That's yeah, who. Yeah. Hey, the grandmaster, they're working for the grandmaster. Um, the Grandmaster wants something from the collector's collection. So, 
he hired the Guardians to break into the collector's collection of, like, fortress that is a sort of, like, infinity castle. Um, even the comic, the, or the, 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 the cover, um, has that, like, infinity picture, you know, with the stairs and everyone's sort of on this, their own gravity and, like, it, it was nuts. Um, but I, I thoroughly love this, this book. Um, I... Talk about the Collector's Fortress. Yeah, the, the Collector's Fortress is, is, like, like I said, it's like this infinity fortress. So, like, the gravity is sort of shifted. There's, like, m- massive cannons on, like, every corner of, like, the... Um, it looks like a castle that has unlimited gravity. Like, it just shifts. And it's sort of like like a Hogwarts if it was, like, like totally, go. like, spun. Like, if you took it and, like, spun it, like, a, yeah, stick. like, yeah, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy looking. And they ha- he, like, he has all this security, these robot securities, and then he's got these, like, oh, I guess more Harry Potter. They're, like, Dementors. <laughs> yeah, they're, like, Dementors right. from, from, so basically, like, they're, like, they steal your soul or something like that. Like, they basically scare you. They use your fears against you and stuff like that. And one of my favorite panels is, is right right here where they show those, like, ghost things. And everyone's just kind of like, oh, shit. <laughs> we're, uh, well, <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're like, well, we're not breaking in there. And then Rock is like, no. Nope. Like, so basically they, they they come up with this Trojan horse-style plan to, like, break in. And um, from there it's just a trippy, like... You know they're looking at all this stuff. They're looking for this this artifact, and um, they they like yeah. They basically snuck in through this giant exotic animal's poop. They like hid in the poop. That was great. Um, I thought that was hilarious. It was uh, I I loved this book, man. It, it it's it's just all guardians. They're totally they're totally taking the guardians from the movie and like sort of put them in this comic book. They're definitely like that now. Um, I'm excited to see where this goes. You know like. Um, I was a big fan of the, um, the, the pre-movie Guardians with, like, Iron Man and stuff like that. I forget who writes that, but, um, that was, a. Uh, it feels like it's sort of like that. Like, they took those characters along with the ones in the movie and just sort of mashed them into this one. Uh, the, the, the depictions of the characters are a little different, the art style-wise. Gamora looks different. Um, I, I like this book. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about it. It was fun. I think that the writer and and artists have just captured uh, the the flavor of Guardians of the Galaxy and that ragtag family feel and the the way that he writes humor between them totally captures it and is like a continuation of Volume Two, the movie. If, if you've seen it, you should yeah. go see it now and see it again. But it uh, it's just a fun space romp. The only thing I can even minorly pick at it and complain is that the page count was very low. Uh, it was definitely like a seventeen page. I think it seemed very. I think this is going to bi weekly. Is what I what I understand. Oh so we're probably going to see some art team shifting and some maybe writing shifting, but probably with uh, with Jerry Duggan at the helm, much like sort of how the Superman series is being sort of helmed by you know Gleason and Tomasi. It seems I think they're going to sort of steal that DC model and it's going to work for Guardians. I think being bi bi weekly as long as we have good art teams. But the page count is a is a little bit low, but just a ton of fun, beautiful colors, great, fantastic arc, and I just want to see more of this and more pages. Yeah, um, there was, just story-wise, one of the aspects of the story I really like was um, that they're sort of like like a dysfunctional family now. Like, they're, they're like, they're talking about how this is their last job together. And, like, after this, they're done. And, like, you know, what happened? You know, uh, Drax has sort of become, like, this pacifist. Right. He doesn't really fight anymore. Um, Gamora has become brutal. A little more deep. Yeah, a little darker. yeah. Which, like, you know, she's always been like that, but now it's like, 
shocking to them because she had this shift and they're sort of like like oh, okay like she's kind of back to what she was before rocket is sort of um it's sort of he's pretty much rocket yeah <laughs> Groot won't grow back right. to normal um and they even mentioned that right that he said like yeah. you know, that's weird that you're not growing back as fast as you normally do yeah um you know star lord is sort of talking about you know how he wants to like they this is their last he's also pretty much the same star lord but y- you know you feel like there's something wrong you know like gamora's not all there she's looking for something else in the collector's you know you know halls and yeah, she's got like a secret side mission. Yeah. I want to know what that's about. So, I mean, from here, I, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love this book. This is my number one. Yeah. Um, there's definitely deeply rooted storylines that are going to keep going from here. Um, but, yeah, so coming in at number five, which is another one of my, I think this was my number two. Um, this is It was Plastic Number Two um, from Image Comics. Uh Written by Doug uh, Potty Mouth Wagner. <laughs> this is all I'm, I'm quoting the book. I love it. Um, drawn by Daniel Scribbles Hillard um, and color by Laura Cat Lady Martin. Um, <laughs> I love it. They give themselves those nicknames. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was. This was. Um, this was a crazy book, man. Uh, um, so basically, it, it goes back to our character who's sort of psychotic. Um, <laughs> He who's he's like in love with like a sex doll. Like he's also like a black ops, right? Yeah, figure like, like sort of a, a some crazy underground hidden, you know, ninja, <laughs> you know, black ops, yeah. you know, soldier. So basically, this like mobster crime boss, you know, stole his uh, stole his his sex toy. Virginia, uh, yeah, stole yeah, so stole his plastic sex toy, um, and um, is holding him holding her hostage, and basically is making him do all this crazy shit. Um, so he basically kills, like, the sheriff of this town, and, like, you can see there's some double-crossing going on. Like, they weren't gonna let him live, um, and there's a brutal, brutal scene with, like, the driver. Um, and from there, it's just like a, like a road trip story. It reminded me a lot of, like, sort of, like, Preacher, the show, you know? A little bit, like, crazy character going on this, like, little romp around town and stuff. Um, from here, you can definitely tell, like, there, he's in trouble. You know, there's like a, a a dead deputy that he's like talking to. Yeah. He's 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 out of his gourd, man. He's twisted and wicked. You know, it also has that sort of like Kill Bill feeling to it. You know that that there is this psychopath that's speaking to dead people and speaks to a, a plastic sex doll, and he even hands out little plastic women army soldiers, yeah. like and like just kind of them. puts them in various places and just sort of like people say, what is that plastic? small army figure there and he like doesn't answer them like he is twisted and weird but he's also this black ops agent like a psycho rambo ultimately (laughs) (laughs) and he speaks to the dead and he he knows when the double crosses are coming so he's definitely smart and cunning as far as knowing sort of what the intentions of this sort of blackmailing event that's happening to his life and I just like that he's one step ahead of all the bad guys, right? Yeah. He sort of knows what they're going to do even before they're going to do it. And I love that, but it's very brutal, very violent, very over-the-top, gory and bloody and disgusting. And uh, I don't know, I just love it. It has a Dexter feel to it too, right? Like <laughs> yeah, a little bit very, of that? very Dexter. Um, there's a little bit, the motivation is kind of funny. You know what I mean? Like he's going to go get a plastic sex doll. Um <laughs> But you know, you know, screw it. Like that's, that's like they they bought it and they they they're they're selling it to us and I I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, I mean, next month, next issue, something's going down. Yeah. 
That's what um, I say. Don't spoil it. Man. So yeah, um, but. You know, I, I I I love the book, and you sort of you sort of care for the guy, but you're like, should I? Like, you know, <laughs> right, it's yeah. weird. Um, Dexter, but uh, yeah, it's very Dexter. Yeah. So if you like something twisted, weird, over the top, violently gory, that's kind of like the TV show Dexter, uh, and in a way it reminds me of a Kill Bill sort of feel. That an art just sort of pairs with those things very very well, and very gory and over the top. Uh, but Check out Plastic. Super, super good from Image Comics. And the team has really just got it all together here. It just feels like a tight package. A well-done, gross, tight package. And coming in <laughs> coming in at number four from Valiant Comics is Exo Man of War, issue number three. This is kind of the end of the arc, which is strange that it kind of ended the arc in three. But it's like a mini arc. Where it's going next, I think, is going to be super good. They've already shown sort of promos for it. It's kind of like general Exo is kind of what's coming. But... This was the action pack winner of the week, but the sort of beginning art sequence here that was, oh, by the way, it's Matt Kent on writing, Tomas Giarello on art with uh, this opening sequence by David Mack. And if you're familiar with like his Kabuki series, go look at that. It's gorgeous, the sort of Japanese samurai. But they did a very unique, very off the beaten path, four page intro of sort of the Roman description of using sort of Rome and, and sort of Greek art to sort of tell this background of this alien armada and what they're doing to people with how they alter and augment DNA and take off limbs and have these weird sex uh, scenes and uh, there's, it's not gratuitously yeah, nuded yeah, or anything, yeah. but just sort of this in, in sort of this really strange like painting of a, a Greek vase sort of style, beautifully colored by David Mack. What did you think of this weird sort of gloriously beautiful intro? If you've ever seen the Disney Hercules. They're, they're, they use this sort of style to describe like little stories. So it's like basically, yeah, like like you said, like on a vase, you know, a Greek vase, you would see this style of art. Um, beautifully, beautifully done, colorful. Um, it sort of like sets the tone for me as far as like like what world we're in, you know. Um, it also, you know, ha it's sort of Gre it's, it's Greek style art, but it's telling this like extraterrestrial story. Um, about like people who are like immortal and like can replace body parts and they breed these like sex slaves that have no arms so like it's demeaning you know it's sort of like you have a lost limb you're sort of like this like yeah you're the sex symbol you know you're you're below them um besides this little intro though the book getting into the actual story of what's going on is just fantastic yeah. action packed um they're just sort of like on the clock you know like they they have to get out of this this predicament that they're in, like, in this tower. Um, they're trying to capture this, like, president of, like, this bad feudal state. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's still going on with that Civil War type story um, where Arik is sort of moving up in the ranks un un like unexpectedly and, like, kind of reluctantly and doesn't really want to. Um, he, has, he gets this team to really trust him, and I think that's really cool. Um... I'm, uh, you know, go, just overall thoughts of this book. I, 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 I really like it. I mean, it, it, but it's like, I, I, I don't know what to really go off of, you know? So like, because there's multiple different storylines going on with his wife, and they're focusing on this war, and like, he's not using the exosuit. He hasn't used it almost at all. Um, I wonder, I wonder where they're, they're going with this. Like, is he going to stay with this? The ring is talking to him. That which the ring is that he wears is the exosuit, like a small part of it. Um, so to see where where we're gonna go from here is interesting. The team sort of now is like got his back, 
And um, I don't want to spoil too much because there's a lot that happens in this book that you know is, is important to what's going to happen next. So, but the war is nowhere near over on this yeah. weird planet, and he does have sort of a wife. Like, is he going to go back to the wife? I love that sort of thing. Is he go? Is his heart? truly just at war and that's where he needs to be that's sort of the conflict here and he's also trying to be his own man without using the exosuit so there's that struggle there which i think is an interesting story arc and it's matt kent on writing so i think that knowing his style like with ether again david rubin on art he uh, is he's sort of a in the realm of brian wood he's a very you know he takes his time and really develops characters well and i'm so glad that valiant got Matt for EXO because I think he's going to be the the weaver of a much larger tale here. Like like I said, the promo is already like General Eric. Eric is next. And so this this war is going to be going on for a long time. But uh, it's definitely now they're, they're, he's tiptoeing into that. Is he going back to his wife? He has this new amazing sort of, you know, top notch, uh, you know, war clan together now that all trust him. You know, without any doubt. And uh, moving forward, it's going to be interesting to see if that team stays with him and how quickly he's going to move up into the ranks because they're calling him General next. So it's beautiful art as well. Glorious art from Tomas Giarello. So it's definitely that science fiction, otherworldly. But this is action-packed. They're chasing the president. Do they catch him? It's just they're flying on these crazy ships and there's tons of explosions. And um, there is sort of a double-crossing effect going on here that they have to... Uh, sort of rearrange their plan and make some changes, but just you're right, action packed from beginning to end. It just was a quick and easy read, hardly any dialogue, right? And next thing you know, it's over. So we just want more, and I hope there's no massive break between the next arc. I hope we just kind of keep running. But Exo Man of War from Valiant has been fantastic. Yeah, there's um, there's also a, I you know I work at a mall and I walk by uh, Journeys, the shoe store. They have like a, a poster set up with like a. It's like for Warp Tour, like Vans Warp Tour line of shoes, and it has Valiant comics on it. What? I mean, not like comic books, but like it has the characters on there. You have the Exo Suit Man on of War on the shoe line. Yeah, like it's on the poster, and then I don't know. I haven't looked at the shoes, but um, yeah. The, so as Valiant characters on this poster, it's got the Exo Man of War. It's got Blood uh, Bloodshot. Um, it's got Faith. It's got um. Oh man, I can't remember. Archer and Armstrong, I think, is on there. It was nuts, and I was like, "What the hell?" Like, I need these shoes. yeah, I, I mean, you gotta go to journeys. What, what do they look like? Vans or like? I didn't even, like? I didn't even look at the shoes, but it is for Warped Tour, is what it says. So that's Vans. So I'm guessing that they are Vans shoes. But um, wow. next time I see them, I'll, I'll send you a couple pictures and stuff. Please. But um, I don't, I or usually just, just walk. buy them. Just buy them for <laughs> me and bring them. I'm a size Funny. ten. Just yeah, bring them, bring I walk. I walk by the store on my way to lunch, so it's kind of like, you know, I, I, it's quick, you know, whatever. But uh. It's been there for like two weeks, so I, I might need to check it out before it's gone. But um, up next at number three, our art and cover winner, Black Hammer number nine, written by Jeff Lemire and art by David Rubin, who is our art art winner. Um, this was probably my favorite issue of, of um, Black Hammer so far. This is the origin story of um, Captain Weird and uh, Talkie Walkie. Yeah. Um, cur- yeah, Colonel Colonel Weird, sorry. Colonel Randall Weird and Talkie Walkie. So this is the story of how they met. Because Colonel Weird is sort of like a Han Solo. Like, he's just... Or Han Solo mixed with, like, Captain Kirk. Like, they're exploring the universe. Um, he's sort of... Yeah, like Buzz Lightyear, you said earlier. Uh, he's exploring the galaxy, exploring the universe. And sort of discovering new worlds and stuff. He gets a distress call from this world that has no bio signs. So he goes down to investigate... Turns out this planet is uh, run by robots, so that's why there was no biometric, 
you know, signs. Hashtag? And hashtag robot racist. <laughs> freaking hate robots. Um, so, yeah, he's sort of in trouble. He's running away. And then Talkie Walkie swoops in. This is the first time they met. And they're, like, supposedly best friends in the comic. Um, swoops in, saves him. And, um, yeah, like, basically these, like, mob of robots are just chasing after them. And um, you can see, like, the friendship building. He, like, says this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Stuff like that. And um, Colonel Weird just, like, goes off on some of these guys. They have uh, David Rubin style. I love, like, the the sort of strange framework he does around things to just sort of sort of kind of zoom in on certain things like the ray gun in the first uh, in, like first sequence where he's fighting all these robots like he has a, a unique sort of art style will hear will hear frame things and sort of a white sort of semi-transparent frame i just love that it just sort of draws your eye and brings attention so that you're sort of flowing properly with the comic i love that and he has all this also this like balloon like character feel to it with these tendrils that are sort of all over this planet in blue and green with his watercoloring style again just a testament to david rubin's art uh, glorious my friend beautiful like i said we're gonna stalk you but um <laughs> i love the ray gun aspect of it he's he's fighting a, a robot monkey at one point in in this glorious orange and yellow and and it's just so neon and all the color jumps off it's really just one you definitely um fine if you're reading it digitally but buy it on paper it's just so beautifully colored and and it's just he has a sort of cartoony style but then gets very realistic at times and then the plasticky tendril balloon animal type feel of all these you know weird space alien tendrils it's just this cool overall feel Every single panel is very filled, right, to the brim. It's not like uh, there's ever sort of any panels where there's not a lot going on. So there's a lot to chew on with the art, and I absolutely love that. But it's a space romp. It's a buddy-buddy sort of feeling, right, cop comedy. They have a sort of a cool little rapport, and they like joking around with each other. But flashing forward to the present, without totally spoiling it, spoiling it there's something very different from their friendship that's happened to them. And, to and to one of them, and they have to deal with it here. So, spoilerish alert there, without trying to ruin it. But uh, I thought this was amazing. I can't wait to. I hope that David Rubin is staying on this. I know because Ether is sort of an arc. The arc is done. So I hope that David Rubin stays here and continues on with Black Hammer because uh, it's just it's beautiful. Yeah. Um. I. I. You know. Story. Story wise, this was. You know. It was, it was good. I mean, it's solid. Jeff Lemire's writing is just. Rock solid, man. You can't go wrong with him. He's writing everything right now. So, uh, moving on to number two, which is Destroyer. Um, it was Victor Laval, Lavalli, Victor Laval's Destroyer, um, created by Victor Laval, written by Victor Laval, illustrated by Dietrich Smith, uh, colored by what was the color? Joanne Lafuente. Um, so this is basically Frankenstein. Um, essentially, it's Frankenstein. It's the story of how Frankenstein um, took off to Antarctica to, like, sort of stay alive and just rest, you know. Um, but he's, like, this, like, eight-foot-tall, skinny, like, ripped, long-haired Frankenstein. Like, it was it was cool-looking. Um, he's in Antarctica, and, like, all of a sudden, he sees, like, a whale in, in, like, the ocean and dives down. You know, Frankenstein's always been, like, pro-life, you know. And he's down there swimming with these whales and, like, this... this there's a there's a calf whale like a baby whale and he's swimming by it and then all of a sudden just like boom like it's dead um and so there are these there yeah they're like a harpoon goes straight through his head um and so frankenstein's you know pissed off and um goes to the ship and just wreaks havoc I, there's no dialogue in this opening sequence 
It doesn't need to be, and it's so beautifully drawn. I have to give props. This is my like number two art winner of the week from D by Dietrich Smith, because the opening page just shows Frankenstein again, like how Justin described, uh, slender, sitting on this sort of broken, uh, yeah, this 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 you know, uh, ice cap, and they sort of describe that maybe due to global warming, he was actually sort of buried between underneath miles and miles of ice. And that maybe he was uncovered just due to global warming. So I like that that little side story, like global warming has awakened Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's just this peaceful, loving moment between him and nature when he's in the water. And it's just ruined by this like Japanese fishing boat uh, harpooning the, these whales. And so he goes on the attack here, something gruesome. And you're, uh, it was sort of shocking. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, no hesitation. It's not sort of this friendly, curious Frankenstein. He's like hell-bent on revenge uh, for people that mess with nature. <laughs> yeah. Um, after he like wreaks havoc on this boat, too, he's he ripping hearts out of people's chests. It's crazy. Um, after he wreaks havoc on this boat, he's picked up by like you know a protest like boat. Greenpeace. Yeah, yeah. Like the like the people who protest the whalers. Um, it's sort of like a I think it's like a father-daughter combo. Um, they pick them up. Uh, he like kind of jumps on the ship and. She like sort of takes him under her wing and like teaches him what it, what he's missed and all these people are sort of scared of him and you know he's a, he's a very imposing figure you know he's scary looking um, but this girl this redheaded girl sort of teaches him you know what he's missed like what world history almost and the dad sort of like don't do this like this isn't a good idea he ends up calling like the army and stuff um sort sort of you know double crosses her and she's sort of like. I don't know, like, the little girl from, you know, the old Frankenstein movie that, like, sort of just doesn't really care, you know, like, like you know, he, he seems like he needs help, you know, he wants to learn. She she teaches him all this stuff, and uh, he kind of gets pissed off at what he learns about the world. Yeah, we don't want to spoil it, because uh, it is this peaceful meeting, like you said, well done, with uh, the old Frankenstein, Mary Shelley thing of how uh, this red-haired woman is the sort of brings peace to him and calms him down, right? Like, calms the Hulk. Yeah. Like, you know, Black Widow touching the open hand to Hulk, he just sort of calms. <laughs> and he's like, chill. And But you know what I liked about the, her dad? Was he called in with a code word, actually. This is like a code statement, that he reads this strange little piece of poetry and that sort of puts things into motion. So there's this other sort of hidden underground agency that is now activated, which I think have been waiting centuries for the Frankenstein monster to show up. But he like incites this weird passage of a, like a poem to activate this underground government facility. Did you catch that? Yeah. Um, go Just kind of after reading the whole book, because at the end you, you sort of learn who the actual real main character is. Which is Victor Frankenstein's like descendant. Um, I in my head like they should have switched to those two acts. They should have had her story first, and then all of a sudden like the Frankenstein stuff. They should have switched them around just because Frankenstein stuff is like crazy. And then the it goes to the doctor and it's a little bit slower and it's a real kind of shift in pace. And you realize where this where this book is going. I guess that part had more of a cliffhanger than the first part. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, but it's basically Victor Frankenstein's descendant is, uh, yeah, great, yeah, great, 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 great something. He's doing some stuff. Um, we'll, we'll see where that goes. <laughs> I don't want to say any, anything else. She's very much a Frankenstein <laughs> descendant. Yeah. And uh, something's going on here. But I love the action opening of the entrance and the introduction of this crazy looking, slender, eight foot tall Frankenstein. I love it. The visual, the art, Dietrich Smith crushed it. Home run. He, he he hit the cheap seats, 
and uh, <laughs> and aimed to it. And I got to see where this goes. I, I'm a sucker for a big monster movie. You talked about the universal uh, expansion of this monster universe, the dark universe. Uh, this just sort of gets us warmed up and ready for that. So uh, I'm super excited. Go get Destroyer, Victor Lavalle's Destroyer. And if you want a great Frankenstein story, this is nailing it with some gorgeous art as well. And uh, conspiracy theory mixed in there and the, the descendant of Frankenstein. It's a lot going on, but it's great. Go grab Destroyer, issue number one. It's our only number one uh, of the week that made it to the countdown, so it's glorious. It's beautiful. Thank you. And number one here, here we go, the numero uno, the one that beat them all this week, which for me was a little off the beaten path. This has been uh, historically a very good comic, but this was great. It is from DC Young Animal. This is Mother Panic, issue number seven. This is definitely for mature readers. Uh, right off the bat, there's a ton of F-bombs in this. I was really, It's shocking how many F-bombs. It's still sort of weird to see F-bombs in a DC comic, but... Uh, this is uh, from Jody Hauser, uh, written by Jody Hauser, art by John Paul Leone, and colored by the master, Dave Stewart, which I love this alternate cover. I, I sort of don't know why they call her Mother Panic. To me, she's like the White Fox, I think would be a better name. <laughs> you can have it. It looks like a White Fox. Right, it's like the White Fox with these pink eyes and blood splattered on her. This alternate cover that uh, John Paul Leon did is beautiful. You have to see that. Uh, the main cover is, is pretty darn good too, but this introduces a new bad guy. And this opening sequence right here shocked me. Uh, my jaw dropped. Uh, I don't want to give you... Every single detail, but there's a little girl and her parents involved, and it was shocking. And introducing this new bad guy without saying what exactly happened. Yeah, it also goes back on some issues prior to like another arc that was sort of happening um, with another bad guy, and so it introduces another bad guy um, in a very, very brutal way. Um, but yeah, he, he wears like bo a body bag. Yeah, he wears a body bag and he, he carries two pistols. So Mother Panic hears about this. Um, She's already pissed off at how Gotham is, you know, um, which I think is kind of funny. Like, you don't see Batman in this. Uh, have you seen Batman in the past issues? I, I haven't read too much of this. Only have we seen Batwoman so far. But rumors of what I've read is she's going to be infused into the story somehow. Mm. That that's very much possibly coming. And, and I'm so glad that it is because I'm loving all of Batman right now. And I think she would make definitely like an interesting sort of yeah. X factor that'll change things up a little bit. Yeah, so she's basically a cyborg woman. She's got like a, she's sort of been yeah, implanted with, with technology. Um, but yeah, like I said, she's pissed off about how crappy Gotham is and the, the crime there. And she's just sort of going around beating the snot <laughs> out of people. Um, and so essentially, she, she actually mentions the Bat family in this comic. Which I think is kind of funny. Um, um, basically, from here, she sort of gets injured, right? And so she has to sort of fix this stuff. But she, she hears about this body bag guy and, like, she's like, nope, I'm going. Like, she totally Bruce Wayne's it, you know? Um, she meets with this little girl and, like, hears the story and it's very heartbreaking. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, she's sort of the superhero that... She's like the Punisher of the Bat family if, if, if she's a Bat person um but yeah i mean like, this was by far I, I guess probably one of the more emotional books of the, of this week just because of this little girl and like her family and stuff and and how it sort of brings the i i guess the lighter side out of this character who's normally very dark and sort of grim um i, I i'll keep I, this is like one of the i think this is like the second or third issue i've read of this 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 book so I don't know too much about the backstory, but I, I'm, I'm really captivated by 
where this is gonna go just because she's basically the punisher you know she, she's not she doesn't take any crap she's gonna kill people so who knows? i read an article too about the co-creator gerard way who was uh the, the singer of uh of my chemical romance, which Justin and I love, uh, is that uh, she her character also is kind of like a Kim Kardashian in a way. She's like this, uh, you know, this Gotham socialite. Her name is Violet Page, and she just has to. I like that she has like a true alter ego, right? She's not just twenty four hours as as Mother Panic. She sort of uses her fame and fortune in ways to sort of find information out. You know, and the way Bruce Bruce Wayne does it as a billionaire, she does it as this sort of socialite. And I like that that sort of that duality that's going on there is a little different in that she's a celebutante and, uh, you know, she's not a, just a billionaire. I think I, I, what I really like is she's just pissed off, you know? She's just pissed off. Like, you know, you get Batman who's sort of patient with Gotham. He's always been fighting for Gotham and that's a city and, you know, it's where he, he dwells and, like, he takes pride in the city. She just freaking wants to clean the crap up. She hates it. You know, she's pissed off. And I, I like that that aspect to, to add to that character. It's, it's, it's really cool. You're right. That's definitely a vein, and it's fresh, right? It yeah. feels unique that she's just... You'll see that. She doesn't, she doesn't wait. She's impatient. She, like, jumps out there. She goes right into trying to save the day. She doesn't consider herself a hero. She says that more than once. She's like, I'm not a hero. I'm just going to go pummel the crap out of people that are doing wrong in this town because I'm sick of it. Here. Yeah. And she had this very traumatic upbringing as a child, and she has that sort of... Uh, that sort of red room that created yeah. her and they tip a little bit on here and show a smidge of it where there's like nuns that run it <laughs> and they're abusing her and beating her right yeah. it's like they've with like, belts and everything they've, me- they've like messed with her brain too so like oh. they like there's this part where you know she's like lifting these weights and like it's crazy and then she she hands her a gun and says like shoot me and like she like points it and like can't do it it's weird it's like a, like a like a they messed with her brain like we're basically I, I got a feeling that's gonna come back to bite that whole society's room or bite them bite them in the ass um because something's gonna go wrong and she's gonna flip that switch and then murder everybody so uh we'll see what where, where that storyline goes you're right and i i, I want to see what happens because she's not with that underground group anymore where did they go what happened she you, murdered everyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah she murdered everyone it was more than likely what happened but uh you kind of want to see it because of how they abused her right yeah. you just want to live through that and and sort of experience that uh destruction of this sort of red room that she's from but she i love the even the glider she she rides on it's like yeah. this cool opaque very striking white glider that she flies through the air and her helmet is just this very yeah like moon knight slash white fox and she's wearing like hockey gloves which i just love it just seems the whole time it's just very much spiked hockey gloves and i love it but in the in the way moon knight is just sort of stark and drawn without much contrast it's just blinding white just really makes it strike out and she has this mother which again i'm, I'm hearing gerard way saying uh, part of the reasons uh, are his celebrity that he's drawn this upon his relationship with his mother that he's drawn this upon and the mother is sort of alzheimer you know dementia but like very yoda like in her speech <laughs> right and with as full of wisdom but you kind of have to decipher it and decode what the heck she's talking about but uh it's all of that and more going on here with Mother Panic, folks. So uh, it's the only two uh, DC Young Animal 
titles I'm doing is Cave Carson in this, and this is by far my favorite DC Young Animal title uh, with Gerard Way's sort of blessing and help and development and co-writing. But uh, beautiful team, beautiful art, uh, brutal in lots of ways, and tons of F-words. Kind of warn yeah. you there, too. But fantastic. Go back and read the other sevens. This is actually like a start of a new arc, so I'm glad yeah. you jumped in. But you do need to read those past ones to kind of tie it all together. Yeah, for the most part, I, I, I get the gist. Um, but uh, since I've been on here, since I've been co-hosting with you more often... Um, You've been jumping into the more big two lately, which is surprising because most of what we read is is not um, DC and Marvel. We read a lot of Image and Dark Horse and Bubble and all that crazy, you know, those, you know, Action Lab, you know. Um, we've been reading a lot of uh, big two. Um, oh, Valiant, yeah, well, yeah, Batman, Superman, all that stuff. But I'm glad we're sort of jumping into that because, like, for a long time, you've been complaining about writing and it's not been good. And, and so I'm glad it's sort of picked up. I'm glad Batman is really good because I really enjoy Batman right now. Yeah. Superman, too. Superman's really good. It hasn't made the list the past two issues, but it's it made, most of them, Batman, Detective Comics, Superman, have made the list almost every every time they come out. Yeah. So I'm glad we're, we're doing that. But that's it. You know, we, we did it. We did it. Uh, full list, all that stuff. Um New comic book recommendations this week for New Comic Book Day, uh, May 24th was when these came out, right? Um, please go to your local comic book shop, buy these immediately, and tell them that me and my dad, Chris and Justin, <laughs> sent you from Sunspots Comics. Um, if you have any questions, comments, um, would like a personal comic book recommendation, please email us at chris at Sunspots Comics and justin at Sunspots Comics. If we choose your email, we'll discuss it, we'll, we'll read it, and we'll talk about you. We'll give you a little shout rooney <laughs> And please sign up for our email on our, our newsletter, sunspotscomics.com slash contact. And tune in for issue number 109 of the podcast next week, where we'll be reading a list of only 20, not bad, for May 31st, New Comic Book Day Wednesday. Five new number ones are coming out, so potentially we're reading about 25 comics. So we hope they're all amazing and great, so that we can talk about them and recommend them to you, the listener. And thank you very much for listening to us. If you want to do your part to kind of help us out here, we would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, give us a positive review, and give us five stars. It would really help us out. We would greatly appreciate it. And if you have questions or comments, again, email us directly at Chris or Justin at sunspotscomics.com. So thank you again for listening. We really appreciate it. We hope you have a good week. Go see Wonder Woman. Go get your tickets immediately. Get your tickets in a reserve theater. It's just a better way to go. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> you don't have to wait in line. I think that's what I like about it. You don't have to wait in line. for. You, have to, you don't have to get there two hours early. And like sit there with all the other nerds and just kind of awkwardly like make small talk. Um, you could totally be a hermit and then leave uh, like 30 minutes before the movie starts. It's awesome. I love it. But um, we'll leave you with some words of wisdom. You always do this part, but from Peter Parker's Uncle Ben, with great power comes great responsibility, and we all have that power within us. So, be water, my friends. Thank you again, Justin, for co-hosting with me. It's been a ton of fun. We'll see you next week's listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Sunspots Comics Podcast. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Later. Later.
Thoughts Comics Now.